Hello and welcome to the Flipside Show on KCOU 88.1 FM. I'm Nate Salzman. I'm joined by Grace Anger. Grace, how are you? I'm I'm chilling. It's it's a tough week, but a good week for gymnastics. Yeah, that's definitely for sure. Um, it was a big week in gymnastics. Today we're going to be covering uh, Mizzou versus Kentucky, as well as everything that happened in the elite gymnastics world. Got some Winter Cup coming up. And another big week of NCAA gymnastics starting tomorrow. So uh, let's just dive right into it. Mizzou versus Kentucky happened. Grace, what are your initial thoughts from that meet? I So I was not able to watch the meet live. I was actually in Chicago on a, on a media tour for a club that I'm a part of. And um, I was really bummed about not being able to see it live, but it meant that I was chained to checking the Instagram. And uh, when I saw that we were... Uh, in the lead by quite quite a large margin going into the fourth rotation, I was like, "Wow, they they could really pull it out," you know. And uh, I, I was freaking out in the restaurant we were sitting in, and then I, I wake up or I came back to a text that you know beam didn't go so well and we ended up losing, which uh, was really interesting to see because it, it was a beat that was inching towards you know a one ninety seven seven type of range, uh, which is which is kind of crazy that we ended up with a 196. Yeah, I mean, it, it was just disappointing to see because they started off so strong that you really thought they were going to, you know, Beam's never their strongest event, so you don't expect them to be scoring like 49-5 or anything like that. But like a decent 49 was going to do them really well, and probably they were on track to get their highest score of the season, but then things just went wrong on beam. I mean, it just started with the Mari Celestine falling, and that was uncharacteristic of her, and I think they just got nervous from there. But this isn't the first time we've seen beam be an issue, whether it start, whether the leadoff person starts off great, starts off terrible. There's always, like, kind of a hiccup somewhere. And even yesterday, I talked to their head coach, Shannon Welker, and he said that, you know, it's not always the same person. I think that's the biggest issue is that there's not, they don't really have that consistency between anyone on the beam rotation. So what are, what are you like looking for for them next week? How are you thinking that they should improve? Honestly, like I think as the time goes on and they keep getting fairly lower beam scores, I think their confidence is just going to keep going down. Cause even like, let's take Sierra, for example, like she was, um, such a steady feat for the team for a while. You know, she was always the one who, even if it was a sucky beam rotation, she'd go up there and put in a 9-9 up. And um, the fact that she's fallen twice now in the last couple meets is kind of telling that, like, even she is starting to get really nervous on the beam. And, you know, mm. the more you wobble, the more you fall, it's just a cycle, and it's going to keep going and going. So I just think they need to start building their confidence up. That starts, you know, in practice, you know. Focusing a lot on the beam as opposed to, you know, events that are just naturally going to come easy to them, which seems to be floor, um, which we'll talk about floor. But um, I think for the beam, they just got to get their confidence up. And once they get their confidence up, I think that also starts with starting with the right person on beam. You know, I like you said, Amari falling was a really big deal because she put. Oh, we start with Amari, or would you make a change? I I feel like you should put somebody up there who isn't necessarily going to put up a score like Schreiber can, but, you know, is a, is a decent enough beam worker to be able to put up a strong 
nine eight ish. I you know I think Amari Marshall could possibly do that. that I think was, Sydney Schaefer could possibly do that too. Was Amaya Marshall? She let off LSU, um, and that was one not their. I don't say that was their strongest beam rotation at LSU, but they didn't count any falls. It was a pretty decently scored one, and she's someone who's gonna who with a hit routine can start with a nine eight. Whereas I find Amari Celestine is someone that. If you put her in that fourth spot, she can go nine nine five. So why waste her potential as the leadoff unless that's what they need to feel comfortable? But maybe we saw last week that that wasn't what they needed. They need someone like Amaya Marshall, maybe Raina Light, to be that that kind of steady leadoff person. That's what I'm looking for, at least. For yeah, this I week. would I would definitely agree with that. I would also uh, I don't know if he's tried with this. I haven't um, I haven't been able to watch a lot of the meets live. Um, but maybe not having Schreiber as the, the closer at least once, you know, kind of seeing if she's better in a different position. Cause mm. obviously she has produced those high scores, but she's also produced some balls. So, you know, it's kind of important to kind of test people in the right places. Um, and I feel like that starts in practice first, but he did say he's, uh, that this week they're going to simplify her routine. So typically, I don't know, he didn't specify which skill they're simplifying, but if I had to assume both week, both times she's fallen, it was on her triple series right off the beginning of her routine. So I'm going to assume they're just going to make that a double series instead of a triple, which is honestly a good idea because she doesn't really need it. So why have that extra difficulty that you don't necessarily need? So I think that that's going to bode well for her, and maybe she can finally – get back to that not finally she can get back to that 995 plus score that she is used to getting yeah especially because like in a in a ncaa gymnastics you don't necessarily need those difficult scores or Mm -hmm. those difficult skills they're obviously really nice to look at and make it an interesting routine but they're not necessarily necessary to get the scores that you need you got to do what's going to get you the points um but Let's yeah. You mentioned so forty eight four on beam. Obviously, just not anything they were looking for. But there's other positives of this meet. This is like we said before the fourth rotation. This is looking to be their best meet of the season. Let's talk about bars and floor particularly. I'm pretty sure I saw something on Twitter. Don't quote me on this, but Mizzou Gymnastics did tweet that that was their second highest total score on bars in program history. And they and as Shannon mentioned yesterday, that they got that score while only sticking one landing, so that's huge for them moving forward because that was also an event at, at the beginning of the season that was a kind of a big struggle for them. So, how do you, what do you, what's your analyst there? I mean, a forty nine four two five is always going to be a great score for them, especially on bars, which as we've seen sometimes in this. Uh, in this season so far that they have struggled a little bit. And I think it's just a testament that sometimes stick landings are not always the most important things. You know, Mm -hmm. I feel that on bars, you know, getting a 90 degree handstand and, you know, sticking those feet together the entire time can produce a bigger store than just one stuck landing. So I'm glad that Shannon is recognizing that you should be focusing on, you know, the technique in the air. Um, and, getting those fundamental skills when you're actually on the bars as opposed to let's just do a bunch of giants and double layouts until we stick the double layout. Right. You know, there's a lot that goes into a bar res- bars routine other than the landing. Yeah, and it seems like something they had really keyed in on. And if they can, obviously, 
while it's not everything, the stuck landings are still important. If they can start to find those landings along with everything else and just put a, a whole rotation together with complete routines, they're going to be really, really well off on that event in particular. But floor just continues to be an event. And vault, too. Vault's kind of like the solid middle ground for them. It's never like a huge score, but it's always like a decent score. It's nothing they typically struggle with. But floor is an event where they just continue to hit 49.5 plus. It's really, really amazing to see that that's really consistent for them. And hopefully they can continue with that. Yeah, definitely. I think floor is really an event that they can fall back on of, hey, but at least we've got floor. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think they need to utilize that in a road meet format. You know, they go on floor third, which obviously is not the same as going on floor last, but they can really use the confidence and the scores they get from floor to help move them into beam. So we can do, you know, the confidence thing that we were talking about, you know, they have the ability to put up those scores. They just need to move it forward, but we got to talk about Jocelyn more. I mean, she's now fourth ranked in the nation on floor with like an average of, I think it's like nine, nine, three, eight or something. Um, she produced another nine, nine, seven, five. When are we going to see that 10? I think it's, it's coming this week. Or maybe the next time she's back at home, like this, this seems like it's, it's coming. It's happening soon. I think for sure. I think of all the routines that have 10 possibility, I think we're going to see Jocelyn Moore's floor routine get it first. I thought for a minute, Kennedy Griffin might get it first with her floor routine, but I think it'll definitely be Jocelyn. They both have really well constructed routines, so I could definitely see it going either way, but uh, I just everything about the Mizzou floor rotation is just really well done this year from the choreography to the tumbling and everything. They just really have it going on. It's almost hard for them, and I'm going to say this and then it's going to jinx me, but it's almost hard for them to produce bad scores on there because they just have the complete package and, and everything, everything they would need. I think they've only produced like a couple nine sevens. I know that Amari Celestine had a set nine seven from like under rotating a layout or something yeah but um and even then that score tends to get dropped anyways yeah so i mean they they really don't get scores under like a 985 very often yeah which is really really good to see yeah um but speaking of jocelyn moore i'm also been really impressed with her bars too yes it's like every if she really just looks really good this season and we know she can go 10 on vault she's has in the past she just hasn't quite found that perfect landing but if she sticks that landing on vault two it's going to be great as well and could also be 10 possibility I think yeah I mean if she's starting to land it like she did earlier in the season she she tends to kind of lean to one side as opposed and like lift up a foot which is obviously a really big deduction but even with the the big landing deduction she still gets like a 9999 and stuff like that so um if she can really stick that landing because uh, she's nailed the in the air technique and stuff so yeah. um she's just gotta nail the landing down back down and Mara Mara on bars is another Mizzou athlete who's definitely in this hunt for that 10, her biggest issue does come on the dismount, though, because sometimes she'll, like, stick it and then she'll, like, lose her balance a little bit or sometimes she'll just take a little step. If she can just find that double tuck landing, it, it's going to produce a good score. Definitely. As usual. But, um, you know, not 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 all bad, not all good, but what do you? how do you see them looking towards this week against Florida what do you think their chances are against Florida? How do you think they'll compete? You know, I think it being a zoo to the loo meet is 
kind of what makes it really interesting of, you know, technically it is a home meet, but in a way it's also a neutral site, Mm -hmm. which can really benefit Florida in a lot of ways. Um, It is also the first quad meet that Mizzou has done other than the very first quad meet, which was against teams who aren't necessarily national caliber. Yes. So this is really like a a big quad meet for them. So I'm kind of curious to see how the quad meet will affect them too. Um, But Mizzou is producing similar scores to the people who are in the top 10 right now. It's just, you know, it's one event that's, you know, causing them to kind of go awry and the reason that they're number 14 right now. But if they can hit every single event, you know, not just three of them, uh, they can definitely produce a score that will beat Florida. Kind of like what happened when Florida got beat by, um, I think it was Alabama. I think it was Alabama. It was, or Alabama. It was very close with Alabama. Yeah. Um, You know, at, we, we don't talk about this a lot, but the NQS, how you rank – which will determine which regional you're seated at is very important and is starting to go into effect. So if if you don't know how that works, is that you take your top six scores and three of those scores have to be roads meet scores and the other two can be any particular scores. But three of them have to be roads. So you take your top six scores and then you drop your highest and you average the next five together. The issue with Mizzou right now is that their highest score is a road meet score and their other road meet scores are not very strong. So the, this week it is going to count as a road meet, even though it's Mizzou to the Lou and it's kind of like a home meet, but it's going to count as an away meet. And so, and then obviously the week after that, they have Auburn. And I think it's really important for them these next two weeks, they need to put together two good road meet scores because that's going to be really important to their ranking and where they're seated in regionals. You know, they keep dropping. They're 14 right now. A couple of weeks ago, they were ranked ninth. So this is important, and I really hope they they need to score above a 197.4. That's going to be kind of their goal because that's their top score right now, and it's a road meet score, which so which means it's going to be dropped. So hopefully they can manage themselves and get a good score that they're definitely capable of getting. Yeah, I mean, that's the main difference of gymnastics compared to other sports. You know, in basketball and football, you know, if you beat, you know, a – KU in basketball, screw KU, but um, it's a way bigger deal because they're a big opponent. But in the case of gymnastics, you're competing against your own scores. Mm -hmm. It really doesn't matter in theory who you beat. You know, it's just the score that you put up, which is why, you know, the meet against Texas women's. Yeah, we beat Texans women's uh, who in theory don't put up as higher scores as most people. But we still got a pretty low 197 when we could have produced like a 197.2 or type thing. So in theory, it wasn't as great of a meet as it possibly could have been. But the reason that they drop highest scores and, you know, they do this kind of averaging thing is to get rid of kind of the inequalities that sometimes happen in NCAA scoring, such as the LSU crazy score of 198.425, which probably should have been like a 197.5 um, when you actually go back and look at all the routines. And I don't know if you saw this, but LSU's crazy scores also hold up against an in a way meet because did you see Haley Bryant got her grand slam? Yeah, she got a gym slam. Or gym slam, sorry. But she did it with a wobble on beam, and they still gave her a 10, which is just like she's an amazing gymnast definitely is going to get the slam one day but the fact that they gave it that beam 10 to her with a very obvious check is just a little bit like 
what was the point? Yeah, but Haley that is Bryant definitely can... the reason why we dropped the highest score. <laughs> so that when scores like that come in, everyone's kind of like, that was very clearly not a 198 mm-hmm. beat. You know, it, it doesn't count against the other teams who maybe don't have such a large home court advantage. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, you know, we talked about Florida, who Mizzou's competing against this week. This They're a team who at the beginning of the season, th- didn't necessarily struggle, but didn't produce scores like they are used to producing. Until this week, 197-8-5. It was of, they looked very strong, much better than they have at the beginning of the season. Do you think this is, this is gonna, they're going to continue to build momentum and it's going to be another great meet for them this week? Or maybe this was just kind of one good meet and then they are back down to their kind of mid-197 scores. What do you see for them? Um, see, they're kind of like the opposite of Mizzou in a lot of ways. You know, I'm looking at their, their rankings right now and they're number 16 on floor, which uh, obviously Mizzou is not. I think Mizzou is number six still. I, yes. Yeah, so, you know... We're kind of opposite in that way, but they're number three on beam. So, you know, they can put a Missouri floor type of score on the beam. So, you know, if they really shine on the events that they're really strong in, they could possibly make it up in the events that they're not as strong in. So that's what Missouri needs to do. They need to copy it by getting, like, a really good score in the event that they struggle in and producing, you know, a higher score than Florida and the ones that they struggle in. So, you know, I, I think Florida is definitely a tough competitor, but we knew that going into the season. Uh, I feel like they're prepared to put up the big score. Obviously, Florida is coming off of a 197.850 against Arkansas, which is a big deal score. But their average is more like a 197.4-ish. So, you know, definitely somebody we can put a big score against. Yeah, but they're definitely hitting their stride, especially someone like Leanne Wan. I feel like she came out this season and was great as usual. It wasn't like producing those huge scores she's used to getting, but now she's back to getting her tens on bars. She added her double layout on floor and took out the easier double pike and it ended up being a great decision because she landed it much better than she ever did the double pike. So she she's someone who's like kind of peaking later in this season, which is probably good for her, especially considering, um, you know, that right after this, she's going to jump right into the Olympic season, get ready for elite gymnastics and everything. Um, curious to see if they put her in the all-around. She's done all-around sometimes. Sometimes they like to save her and not use her on floor. As Florida gets into the end of the season and there's some scores that they want to drop too, I could see them using her again, but I could see it going both ways. Do you think? Do you expect to see her all four events tomorrow? <sighs> That's a great question. I know um, we both would love to see her on all four events. But I know. <laughs> I... I think her wanting to compete elite, I think she's wanting to compete in all four events to kind of start to build up her skills and specifically her reps in all of those events. But I think if Florida's being smart, they will keep her specializing on her very strong events and kind of take away the ones that, you know, she can really just work on in practice. Yeah, I mean, they they obviously they have some other stars too. Morgan Hurd, excited to see her too. Uh, Victoria Wynn is another great one. Freshman Anya Pilgrim is just solid as a rock for them. Like, she doesn't produce huge scores, but she does exactly what they need her to do. And especially replacing people like Trinity Thomas and Kayla DiCello is a big deal for someone like her. But anything else to add about NCAA gymnastics this week before we get into some elite news? Well, I think the other gymnast that I think is interesting on Florida is Sloane Blakely. You know, she's putting up 
some great scores for them as well. And um, she is either the sister or the cousin of Sky Blakely. She is Sky Blakely's sister. There you go. So, you know, they've got gymnastics blood in them too. Mm-hmm. So she can put up, you know, some some good scores for them as well. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to get into everything happening with Olympic gymnastics right after this. What's up, everybody? It's Benny Buckets. You're watching. 88.1 KCOU MIZ. Hey guys, this is Adam. I'm in a Popeyes drive thru right now, and you are listening to KCOU 88.1 FM. Human trafficking is happening right here in Missouri. You can help combat it by learning the signs of human trafficking and reporting suspicious activity to law enforcement. Victims may appear malnourished, show signs of physical or mental abuse, or avoid social interaction. If you're a victim or know someone who needs help, contact the National Human Trafficking Hotline at 1-888-373-7888 or text the word HELP to BE FREE. Together, we can stop human trafficking in Missouri. Brought to you by the Missouri Attorney General's Office. FM. I'm here with Grace Anger, and we just finished recapping everything that happened in NCAA gymnastics this week. But now we got to talk about we got to flip to the other side. Elite gymnastics. It's the Olympic year. Flip to the other side. Flip to the other side. Wow, what a pun! We had national team camp this week. It was a big national team camp. A lot of people in attendance. Simone Biles was there. Woohoo! Suni Lee. Made her first national team camp appearance in a very long time. Shilise Jones, Jocelyn Robertson, Kayla DeCello, Jordan Childs, Sky Blakely, Kalia Lincoln. So many people were there. A lot of big names. A lot of big names. A lot of we saw some upgrades. Uh SUNY did a full beam routine, according to the press. Mm. Very exciting news. I ex- I expect to see that soon. Uh Simone did her Yurchenko. Two and a half twist. She brought the Aminar back, but other than that, it wasn't. They didn't. We didn't get many reports on skills and stuff. But what? What's your opinion on all these people showing up and being ready to show some gymnastics this early in the season? I think it's just going to make the selection committee for Paris that much more difficult. You know, there's so much depth on the U.S. team, and all of them are could very easily go get us a gold medal. So, you know, it, it's whoever's hitting at the very, very right moments, which is why, you know, I think some gymnasts are not going to attend Winter Cup because, you know, they don't want to start peaking too early because um, obviously Olympic team trials and the U.S. championships are not till June. So <clears throat> you want to have that gradual, you know, upward t- spiral and then be peaking right at team trials, you know, when you can get in that top five placement. Um, but, you know, there's some... Uh, I know that they want to keep it a little secretive, so you know things come out during Winter Cup and U.S. Classic and stuff like that of the skills that people are producing. Yeah, and uh, people 
people like uh, your favorite, Jocelyn Robertson, she said that she's got all her skills back. She's just still not ready to compete yet. That's why she's not at Winter Cup. You know, she had that injury at Worlds last year. So it's good to hear that she's got everything back, but she doesn't need to compete yet. She's already qualified to championships because she was on the world team. So there's no rush for her. Olympic teams aren't decided in February. So it's just better for her to be ready to go later in the year for sure. Yeah, Winter Cup is definitely an opportunity for uh, members who maybe don't have as much spotlight or members who need more spotlight. People like Suni Lee who have been out for a while and need to show, hey, I'm still Suni Lee, mm-hmm. Olympic reigning champion. Um, so that's kind of where Winter Cup is important for some people. But for people like Simone, you know, and, and Jocelyn Robertson who pro- kind of proved their worth, you know, they can wait a little bit. <clears throat> yeah, well, let's get into that. Uh, with some of the big names on the Winter Cup roster. Gabby Douglas, 2012 Olympic all-around champion, 2016 Olympic gold medalist, has not competed for seven and a half years and is already ready this early in the season to compete. We think she's going to be doing the all-around as well. And for the people who may not know this, but for someone like Gabby Douglas and Suni Lee, uh, and for a lot of gymnasts, it's you got to get your qualifying score to the U.S. championships. The only gymnasts that are qualified to the U.S. championships is the world team from last year. So basically everyone is going to be going into Winter Cup, whether that be two events because you can get a two-event score or you can get an all-around score. Just getting a score, getting into U.S. championships, and it's definitely good for someone like Abby Douglas to get out there early so that it doesn't come down to classics in May where she's got to get a score for U.S. championships. She doesn't want to have that over her head this, all these next couple of months. But yeah, what, ex- exactly what I was talking yeah. about. You know, Gabby's got something to prove. You know, what she, are you expecting from her? I'm, I'm just hoping that it's not something like a Chelsea Memel or Nasty Eliukin come back where, like, you know, they were fantastic gymnasts at their peak and then they tried to come back and it just wasn't the same fire. Just because I don't want that to be her last reputation. Like, I don't want people to be like, oh, but Gabby Douglas in 2024, you know, because Gabby Douglas in 2012 was the most iconic Gabby Douglas. So I just want her to be able to, you know, protect her reputation, put up some nice scores that. Uh, and get back to the sport that she loves because, you know, that that's what she said in her interviews that, that she really wants to do is she just wants to come back to a sport that she's loved for her entire life. So, I just have, like, so many differing thoughts on this because a part of me is, like, you know, she's doing it because she loves the sport. Like, maybe, like, I, I don't think she's going to be, like, completely watered down. But then there's, like, other parts of me that's, like, I think she can really make this team. Like, I think she's going to be in full force and be right fighting in if she's not making the team then she's an alternate like she's going to be right in the conversation just from everything we've heard just like she's done a bunch of media now and they've said that yeah like this is real like Gabby Douglas is actually like this is a real comeback and then you know this her thought she's like yeah I'm going to be in Paris like yeah I want to go for the Olympics like it's not just to return to the sport it's to go to the Olympics and win another Olympic gold medal but I don't know. Like, we don't know what she's going to look, how she's going to look. So I think for Winter Cup, I think it's just, like, showing that she is at a competitive level. But she can still peak later on in the season. She doesn't have to show everything she's got right now. She just needs to show that she can put up, you know, like, a 14 on bars, 14 on vault, 
some like mid thirteens on beam and floor, and bam, she's in the conversation. That wouldn't put her like at the top of the list, at the top of the rankings, but that would definitely put her in the conversation. I guess that's kind of more what I would expect from her, and then for her to continue to upgrade as the year goes on. I would agree. You know, I really want to see her focus on uh, bars because it was so strong for her back in 2012. Um, So I I want her to really hone in on that one Um, or, you know, another event like maybe beam or floor or whatever. I think beam and bars is going to be where she makes the team. That's how she. Yeah, I would agree. So simply because those are also historically USA uh, weaker events. So if she can really put up some nice big scores on those events, you know, I think I think she's a bigger shot of making the team than focusing on the all around. And you know, this is also going to this is probably going to be one of the most exciting Winter Cups in a long time because for just the second time ever, it's the first time we've had two reigning for the second time ever, we'll have two reigning Olympic all-around champions competing in the same competition. Suni Lee's back. You know, she was back last year as well, but only doing beam and beam and then a watered down vault. Last year, do you expect her to add bars this year? I mean, definitely expect it at some point this year, but do you expect it next week? It's 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 tough because, you know, she's been training it really hard, and I know she wants to get back to her bars because it was obviously her most recognizable event. Um, so I think part of me really hopes that she's on bars because I really want to see it, but she also might be holding it back for more important events later. Uh, but I think if she wants to get the scores to qualify for U.S. championships in the Winter Cup as opposed to, you know, the U.S. Classic or any other ones, um, I think she'll use bars. Yeah, I, I think I see her. Like, I just don't know what to expect from her either because I could see her coming out with like 16.5 difficulty on a bars and being like, bam, Suni Lee's back. And then I could see her also like doing a similar thing as I think for Gabby and like starting off lower and then peaking later in the season. It's just too hard to tell. Yeah. yeah we just haven't seen either of them do full-fledged elite gymnastics in obviously Gabby eight years. But even Suni at this point has been three years since she's done a competitive bar and floor routine and really vault too, really only showing beam last year. So she could go either way. There's At Winter Cup, there's a lot of international assignments they can start getting in March. Gabby has said that she wants to be go to those assignments. And if she's saying that, that's making me think, oh, maybe her routines are more up to par. And the reason that getting international assignments are important is because you want to get in front of an international judging panel because sometimes the domestic judging panel isn't going to give you as accurate of scores. And if both of those gymnasts are going to be front runners for the Olympics and maybe eventually make it to Paris, I think it is important for them to put up some international scores so that they can see, oh, this skill isn't getting well evaluated by the judges. Let's take this out. Let's change this. So I would like to see both of them get World Cups and other international assignments, but I don't know if Suni's planning on that. We do know Gabby has said that yeah, that might be a part of the plan. Yeah. I mean, it's really important for those kinds of gymnasts. Um, but you also do have to think about injuries, you know. Yeah. You don't want to get injured <clears throat> really close to team trials and everything. So there's a lot of factors that go into the gymnast decision-making at this point in the season. Um, and it it differs from every single individual situation. Um, and Gabby is a unique situation because she's considered older in the gymnastics world. You know, she's, what, 28, 29? Yeah, I think she's 28. Yeah, which 
it's not old, but it's it's considered old in the gymnastics world. So um, you're kind of limited in in certain aspects of you just you want to keep yourself healthy and safe for uh, the future. Yeah, and I think it helps that she may be 28, but she hasn't been doing gymnastics these last eight years. So it's not like her body's taking like a pounding. Like, it's not like she's been competing constantly year after year. She's had a break. She's had a rest. This is a comeback. So that's definitely going to help her out, too. But some there's some other big names on this list as well. Kayla DiCello, Sky Blakely, Clea Lincoln, Addison Feta. Jordan Childs was on the list. We just heard this morning that she had to withdraw. Uh, minor injuries, she said. She said she's got a lot of things cooking for the rest of the year. So hopefully it's just, you know, Winter Cup isn't in the cards for her. She can come back later in the year. She's another one that she's an Olympic medalist. I think it was good for her to kind of rebound from a little bit of a rough 2023. But at the end of the day, if Jordan Childs shows up at Olympic trials and is the Jordan Childs we know, she's right in the running. Yeah, I I would say definitely. You know, for me, in the NCAA season uh, last year, I obviously was not as tuned in as I normally am, but I feel as though that she fell a little bit under the radar. I don't know if it was because she was on UCLA as opposed to, you know, some other teams. But, you know, I th- I think she's fallen a little bit under the radar for most people. Like, I've, I've forgotten about her sometimes on, on the team. But, you know, if she shows up to the way bigger competitions like championships and, you know, produces an insane vault and beam and, you know, all these other events that she's really killed in the in the past, you know, she can she can make the team again. Uh, what I think someone like Kayla DiCello, like you said, building a reputation is important. We kind of saw it with Jordan Childs in 2021. The way she made the Olympic team was she won Winter Cup. She medaled at Classics. She medaled at Championships. She medaled at Olympic Trials. She made the Olympic team. And she's someone who had a past in gymnastics, but people are still counting her under the radar. I think that's the way Kayla DiCello might, her strategy might be, you know, this event isn't an event that many people like to do all around at. I think Kayla DiCello is going to do the all around, and I think she could honestly win the all around and thus start a very strong season. And who knows where it will take her? Yeah, I mean, she could definitely take that fifth spot for me. I definitely have like four solids, which is like Simone, Suni, Shylise, and um, Sky Blakely. And she could definitely, you know, insert into that fifth spot really easily. Really happy that it's a five-person team again. Yes. When it was four-person, that was awful. So I'm really glad that we're back to the five-person because, you know, it really helps the U.S. in in the long run. Mm -hmm. So um, she could definitely slip into that spot. Obviously, I'm a Jocelyn Robertson fan. Um, Jordan, if she's healthy, could slip in there. Gabby Douglas, you know, all the other names that you mentioned. It's really just vying for that fifth spot. Yeah, I do think Caleb needs to come with some upgrades though and I think she is kind of one that it's important to show that she's improved now instead of later to start build her reputation show that she's a strong contender so I guess I may I'm expecting her to be at a strong level just because she ended her season really strong she won the all around the Pan American Games that was big for her so I think you know she's had a couple months to just focus train I think she's gonna I think she's gonna I'm expecting a strong season for her but you mentioned Sky Blakely, and she's someone that I feel like a lot of people are just undermining. I think because she went to Worlds last year and, you know, she fell twice on beam and qualifications, 
ended up not doing beam in the team final and just all altogether didn't have the world championship experience she wanted people are saying that she's too inconsistent to make this olympic team the way i see it is that honestly anything you've done in the past doesn't matter mm. we have olympic all-around champions coming into this year it doesn't matter that they've won an Olympic gold medals. It matters what they have now. And I think the same about Sky. It doesn't matter that she had mistakes in the past. I think it just matters what she's going to do this year. Definitely. I mean, we've seen that with past teams. Like, I know the Rio 2016 team. You know, if we had picked that team in 2015, it would have been an entirely different team. You know, Maggie yeah. Nichols would have been on there specifically. Obviously, there were other factors and Maggie Nichols being on the team. But, um, you know, she was such a star in 2015. And then... You know, Lori Hernandez came and was awesome. I, Lori Hernandez would have joined. Uh, like, it, yeah. We have seen that it's really how you look, how you are producing gymnastics in 2024. Um, and do you have the ability to produce those scores at the Olympics, which again, peaking at the right time. So if Sky can, again, do what she is capable of, she can super easily make the team and everyone will even forget about Worlds. Yeah. I think Sky. I've, we've seen some training clips. She's really focusing on upgrading vault. I think that's really key for her because she, in the past, she's kind of been a bar beam specialist. And when you have people like Suni Lee and Gabby Douglas coming back who also specialize in those events and a specifically and like on— And Shiley Jones. And Shiley Jones and specifically do it a little bit better. It's That's maybe not wanting to be Sky's focus. I do think it when she's hitting beam, she's definitely one of the top three best in the United States. And I think if she upgrades vault and can get floor back to her usual level, she's right in it. And personally, I have her on my team. I think she's one of the front runners. I just think she has a lot of potential. And each year we see her, she gets better and better. You know, in 2021, when it was another Olympic year, she was just kind of, you know, new senior, growing, 2022, made the world team. 2023 looked even better, made the world team again. I think she's going to be even better this year. Yeah, I definitely agree. She, she's been on my team, like, since I've thought about it. Yeah. So, um, and it's just kind of been like, oh, yeah, she's on the team. You know, I haven't even thought about it. I uh, thought about it, so. Shiley Jones at camp. She did, she showed a new skill on bars, a layout Jaeger. I'm not sure how that's going to fit into her bar routine, considering she's never done a Jaeger in her bar routine in the past. But, I mean... Shilise, I think she's going to have a lot of upgrades this year. She doesn't need to compete now. She's not going to be at Winter Cup. She's going to be probably making her debut in May at U.S. Classic. She's, I mean, she's won six world medals in the last two years, so there's nothing more she needs to prove in terms of February 2024. She just got to prove it in the summer of 2024. So I'd be expecting some big things for her and her to be at her usual level. I would agree with that. You know, I mean, she reminds me a lot of Nast Nastia Liukin on the bars. You know, very tall and lean, which means fluidity and gorgeous skills. So uh, I think she'll she'll be exactly what the USA needs at, at Paris. And if she puts up the scores that she needs at Classics and Championships, she'll be on the team, no problem. Yeah. Uh, who else? There's, a, there's just a lot of names here. What do you think about Jade carrying her chances coming up? Honestly, I Jade is kind of interesting to me because I also keep forgetting about her. You know, she's still competing for Utah, I believe, right? She's Oregon on State. Oregon State. I knew it was one of the Pac-12 ones. 
Um, she's still competing for your NCAA, you know, and even in NCAA, I'm not really hearing much about her. Um, so I don't know if that's because, you know, she's, she is taking it light this year. This last week was the first time she did all around all season. And I think that could mean big things for her. She specifically, she doesn't typically do vault or floor. And if she does those events, they're like pretty watered down, which means that she's probably working a ton of upgrades, I would assume, and getting back to that Olympic champion level that we know she is. And that's the thing with Jade is that like, if she's anywhere like she was in Tokyo, like it's going to be almost impossible to leave her off the team. But we don't, we saw last year that she had a lot of struggles would you expect her to be more up to her past Olympic self? Honestly, I if she did not have the individual spot in Tokyo originally, I don't think she would have made the team. Simply because floor and vault is such a popular specialty, and we have plenty of people who can produce good floor and vault, you know, scores that I don't really think she's needed on the Paris team. You know, See, to me at least. That's where I a little bit disagree because Jade has this ability to be an Olympic silver medalist behind Simone Biles on vault and floor. And I think that's something that's a little bit lacking for the U.S. team is just the good combination of the two. Because you have someone like Kalia Lincoln who, if you sent her to the Olympics, yeah, she's going to medal on floor, but she only does a Yurchenko double twist on vault. That's not like putting it all together. And then you have Jocelyn Robertson who – just sometimes struggles with the consistency and with form and stuff, and the international judges just hit her a little bit harder. And same with Jordan Childs, who's medaled on both events at Worlds, but we need to see her upgrade those vaults. And Jade, she does. she's done the Chung the last couple years. She's had an Aminar before. She's had a, lot, a big floor routine before. I think if she can keep those vaults more difficult than others as well, as upgrade her floor routine, I think that's her key. I think that's her way in. I could see it, you know, but I, I, to me, I don't see her getting picked over some of the other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and we haven't seen her do elite gymnastics in, in a while. So if she comes out to, you know, any of the, the next upcoming competitions and she produces, you know, kind of what you were talking about, she does a chung, she does... You know, I think she was training a triple double layout twist for a while. Yeah, she, that's w- not happening she was. Anymore. She, yeah, she said that that's not happening anymore. <laughs> but I don't think she needs it though. I, she doesn't. But you know, if she comes out with a crazy skill like that, you know, obviously she's going to be really hard to deny. So uh, it's just kind of seeing what what she ends up putting out there. Um, I never. <laughs> she was never going to do that later. <laughs> I. She competed. She like did it in a practice session. And it was either a world or it was it Tokyo. Was that- it was a Tokyo. It right? was at nationals, and then she said she wanted to get it named after her in Tokyo. No, but she never did because you know she took an Olympic gold medal instead, and yeah, that was a good I decision. Mean, it's an incredibly dangerous skill. That yeah, definitely should. She like almost broke her ankles even doing it at that one practice. That thing. was very so, scary. Um, I, but if she comes out and does a crazy skill like that, you know, that's gonna I be mean, a maybe big she deal. could do it in tucked. The Biles. I know. I want the Biles two back so bad. Okay, let's talk about Simone Biles. Let's talk about Simone Biles. <laughs> okay, okay, here's the we thing. just like we said. Oh, Simone Biles. We just skipped over her real quick. <laughs> like we it's just not ignored Simone Biles. The, the greatest okay. of all time. Oh my goodness. So, all last year, let's first talk about vault. All last year, she did the double pike, trying to get it named after Winter Worlds. Got it named. So. You can't do multiple Yurchenko entry vaults. Like, in a vault final, you got to do... You can do a Yurchenko entry, and then 
Simone typically does a half-on injury. So she, so last year her two vaults were Rachenko double pike and then half-on one and a half twist off, which is the Chung. And then we saw her training Yurchenko two and a half twists, significantly easier than the double pike, but honestly can still score the same because she was already taking a, a five-tenth deduction for her coach standing on the mat. And it was it's very difficult, and we saw her fall and make mistakes on it a couple of times. Do you think that vault is gone, got it named, it's done? Did she get it named? Is yeah. it official, even yeah. though she fell? Because she fell in finals but landed it in qualifications. Oh, okay. Um, honestly, I think it'll be gone. I think she'll do the MNR instead. I just think it's too difficult. I, here's the thing. It's so cool, and she produces such a big score, but I just, I think it'll end up being, like, what the Biles one was. You know, she got it named after her. She did it. It was very difficult, and then it kind of started to fade away. If there's a Biles on vault that she should do this year, though, it should be the Biles one, because I think it's a little bit easier for her. And it still has Can't a huge. Can't believe we call that easy, but. <laughs> <laughs> and it still has a huge difficulty score combined with her great execution. That will score basically the same as the double pike did, considering she always took that half point deduction with Laurent on the mat. Yeah, I don't think she'll ever get Laurent off the mat, just to like clarify that. You know, the double pike can be really dangerous. Mm-hmm. So having Laurent on there is, I think, the only way she would ever do it in a competition. So I think she just has to kind of weigh the scores as well as, you know, the risk factor. Um, you know, she did get the twisties in uh, Tokyo. We don't want anything like that happening with a difficult vault as well. So um, she just has a lot to, to weigh. But no matter what she does on vault, we'll produce a extremely high 14 or 15. So For sure. But let's talk about floor. You want the Biles 2 back. I don't want the Biles 2 back. Okay, here's the thing. So I know that the Biles 2 is also, you know, it, it can hurt. She's talked about how it hurts her ankles. You know, she wears mm-hmm. that ankle tape. It's just so cool. I it, just want it back. It is. But, but it's my personal love. The thing with it, though, is that so many times when we saw her doing it, she would just bound out of bounds and take a three-tenth step, then three-tenth deduction for going over the line. And I actually really liked her floor routine this year because it was, like, really difficult, but it was, like, all of Simone Biles' easiest difficult skills. The we very rarely saw her go out of bounds. Like, she still had a huge difficulty score, and it was her best execution she's done on floor probably since Rio because it was a little bit watered down for her. I think I would like to see her upgrade floor maybe by, like, a tenth or two, just to, like, fend off Rebecca Andrade of Brazil a bit just so she can really be like, yeah, I got floor. I'm going to win a gold on floor. So I don't know what tumbling pass that would be. Maybe... Maybe adding the double-double layout the first pass because her first pass right now was the full twisting double layout. So maybe doing double-double layout instead of doing something crazy like the Biles. You don't know what you're going to expect from her because she could do anything. Yeah, honestly, I felt that the biggest deduction she always got when she, like in her 2019 routine, was she would always do the Biles one and then she would do a stag jump with it. Mm -hmm. And the stag jump, would get her out of bounds. Yeah. Or she wouldn't do it and it would be, you know, a problem. So I feel like she just needs to do the Biles one and ignore the jump. And I think that will significantly help her. Obviously, the jump helps with uh, 
not getting a landing deduction as well as adding, uh, the adding, difficulty. adding difficulty and a connection bonus and things like that. But honestly, it's more of a problem when she does the jump after c- completing it because she has so much power. She's this close to the end of it and she's yeah. just jumping out of bounds. So I feel like that was more of a problem than the Biles 2 was. But there's a lot of issues with the Biles 2, you know. And sh- again, she's one who's on the older side of the gymnastics ages. So, you know, we want to keep her safe and we don't want her to do, you know, Biles 2 if she's going to hurt her ankles or if it's going to cause problems with her power issues. I She has the ability to produce an insanely good stuck triple-double. It's just... Oh, yeah. There's a lot of safety issues with that, too, so... You know, I, I think what you said about uh, a double double layout that would probably be in her best interest to include. Because she in could, there. if she did double double layout first pass. So right now, her first pass is full twisting double layout, and then her last pass is just a regular double layout. She could do double double layout first pass, last pass full twisting double layout. That gets her up three tenths, and I go. think it's easier than trying to add a triple double. But we saw her training. She she posted a bunch of training clips in December, and she was doing double double layout and triple double. So who knows what that floor routine is going to look like this year? I don't know. Again, it's just my personal little gymnastics fan that wants that, that triple double to mm-hmm. come back. But there's a lot of reasons why I probably shouldn't. So. Beam, honestly, I don't see where you can. We haven't seen her training any new skills on Beam. I don't see where you can really increase. I feel like it's kind of a perfect routine. Like she gets a huge execution score. She won beam at Worlds. Maybe she was a little bit closer to some other gymnasts in the beam final than she wanted to be, but at the end of the day, she still won, and it's like looks so easy for her, even though it still is very difficult. I don't expect that routine to change. Yeah, I mean, she really shouldn't change it. You know, I know for, I think it was the 2016, uh, 2015 era where she had the uh, front Arabian, was it? Or was it a full twist? It was like front flip half twist. Yeah, like it was a really difficult front related skill. And it was not consistent. You know, she was yeah. she was wobbling on it pretty consistently. And then as soon as she took it out, her routine was perfect. So uh, she doesn't need that extra difficult skill. It's going to cause her more problems than help her. So uh, her beam routine should stay exactly the way that it was. And I, I don't expect it to change at all. Um, she might do the double-double dismount maybe every once in a while, but she did get gypped by the code of points. So I know that yeah. she's really mad about that, which is why she doesn't do it as much. But the vault twisting double gives her just as much of, you know, the the points that she needs. Yeah, bars though, bars is a place she could imp- she could change some things around. You know, the routine she did last year was like just in her sleep easy, and she always got a huge score on it. So I could see them just keeping it. But with when you have a uh, Shailise and Suni and Gavi, all these bar specialists coming back. What if Simone Biles wants to make all six finals this year? She's going to need to maybe increase her bars difficulty score a little bit. And I think she could. There's definitely some things she could do, some connections she could add that could – she could get to a 6-5 difficulty score if she wanted. She could upgrade her dismount if she wanted. Like, there's things that are in her wheelhouse that she could do, but she doesn't necessarily have – she would only need to do it if she wants to make the bar final. doesn't really need it for the all-around too much. And I think she does, too. Like, uh, one of the most annoying things about the elite announcers is they're always like, this is Simone's weakest event. And I'm like, it is, but it's not. And I think she also gets mad at that, too. Like, I'm I'm good on at bars. Like, it's not my favorite event, but, like, I'm good on it. So I think she wants to show people, like, hey, I can medal on bars, too. I'm good on every single freaking (laughs) event. So Wouldn't that be amazing if she retired with 
a medal, an individual medal on would, every single. If she event. had, if she comes out of Paris with six medals, I, I mean, just <laughs> absolutely crazy. Especially because they could be all gold. They could be, you know, all gold and the silver, or gold and the bronze, whatever. But I truly believe she'll come out of it with six medals. But you know, she has a lot. I. I don't remember exactly what she was training, but I know she was training some sort of high bar skill. You know, she might have been training something bigger than a Pax Halto, you know. You know, she's she's working on upgrading it and I think we'll see an upgraded better bar routine, bars routine from I her. I think she'll have upgrades at least a little bit. It just depends on how extreme those upgrades are, but Simone Biles isn't one to just sit and chill with the gymnastics she has now. Mm-mm. She loves to upgrade, she loves to learn new skills. So Maybe I shouldn't be saying that, oh, she's just going to keep everything the same because then she's going to come out and everything is going to add like a point to her all around total or something crazy. She just she does not like to to sit with a routine for too long. She really likes it to be more difficult, which is just crazy. But, um, you know, I, I, I think of what Simone should do, I think, you know, she should she should do like an Aminar and a Chang, you know, something like that. She should keep her beam routine relatively the same, maybe throw in the double-double dismount, you know, uh, do what we talked about on floor, and then a slightly upgraded bars routine, and that will get her, you know, everyth- everything that she wants. Yeah, and in this last section of the show, let's talk about, let's go back to Leanne Wong, because we talked about her in NCAA terms, but how, and this is kind of goes for Jade Carey as well, how do you think she can bounce from, doing this whole long NCAA uh, season, and she's this year she's clearly Florida's best gymnast. And then literally, like, if they qualify to NCAA Nationals, elite season starts, like, less than a month later. So how do you think that bounce back will be? What do you think – what upgrades does she need to show us? <sighs> That's a great question. <laughs> um, you know, if it were me, if I was in Leanne's situation – I would focus on NCAA, but I know she really wants to go to Paris again. Um, so I think we just need her to find where the holes are in USA and really try and put up super difficult scores in those cases. And honestly, I don't think that hole is bars anymore. It normally is. No. But there are so many gymnasts who can put up really difficult Especially bars Especially if Suni and Gabby are back the it, way we know expect them to be exactly so i think she should focus on things you know like beam and fall you know those aren't necessarily holes in usa but you know if she can put up bigger scores than that instead of focusing on bars which is clearly already kind of filled for them and already a difficult you know selection based decision you know i think she just needs to find where the holes are and i agree i think bars is like an event that she can show like i'm solid here like i can give you a good score if i need to be in a team final situation but there's others who are better than me. I think Leanne's strongest case is she's really good at, at execution, especially on floor. You know, a lot of, it's talked about a lot how Americans struggle with artistry. Leanne's not in that case. She doesn't no- get those big artistry deductions like some of her teammates might. So I think she does need to upgrade her tumbling a little bit. You know, last year she kind of had a third pass that was just relatively easy for her. I definitely expect her to upgrade that for this year. If she could get to a 6-0 on floor and combine it with really strong tumbling and strong dance and everything, that would be a key for her. Beam would be a key for her. I don't know if she could upgrade vault, but if she could, do it. <laughs> like, do it. But 
we don't we don't know what to expect from her. Who knows how much she's focusing on elite? Probably a lot. She's probably training more elite gymnastics than she is in NCAA, and maybe that's why we've seen her have a slower start to her NCAA season. Maybe I don't know. I I again, she's another one who's kind of just kind of floating there for a while, but it's probably because she's in NCAA and she's just not sticking out to me as much. Yeah, but um. We are we're obviously talking about this before any you know uh, competitions have gone, so uh, it's going to be quite the dis- discussion after Winter Cup. <laughs> yeah, a lot to discuss about today. Do you have any final thoughts? Well, I figured I we'd end with a fun question, just okay. because it's fun. What is your favorite floor routine to like ever in elite gymnast history? I'll give you time I, to think, and I'll say mine. Yeah, mine is forever and always Laurie Hernandez Rio twenty sixteen. Ooh, that's a good one. I her artistry, her passes, like it. It was honestly a perfect full routine. Uh, so are you? Is this elite or NCAA? Elite, elite, elite. Okay, Leanne won twenty twenty one Tokyo Olympic season. I mean, God, the way she could just stick almost every single tumbling pass. And do it with that artistry. It's I don't know if you've watched it in a while. I, I might, haven't. I, I might, gotta roll that I one might, up again. We're gonna roll the tape right after this because it <laughs> is so good. And then Jordan Child's 2022 because mm. she did her NCAA routine from 2022 and then she brought it to Elite. And when she did it at Worlds, when that was the routine she, the USA won team final with, that was just a great moment too. But I would have to think about it a little bit more if there's any others. But those two stick out to me for sure. Yeah, definitely. I also, I really love Allie Raisman's routine from 2012, too. Yes. Uh, with that insane first pass. It's yeah. just psycho, so. Really um. like Shylee Jones from this year, the golden hour routine. Oh, uh-huh, yeah. That was good. And Jocelyn Robertson, too. I liked when the crowd would get involved in everything. That was a fun one. Yeah. I'm excited to see the new ones, though, this year. I know, what everyone's I'm so excited. Got. See what the music choices are. Yeah. I'm really hoping the music choices get more interesting and elite like they are in NCAA. <laughs> like, if I could get, like, Kennedy Griffin's music <laughs> on Simone Biles' routine. Yeah. Chef's kiss. Yeah. They've they've kind of hinted at it. Shiley Stone says she's got new choreography that she choreographed. Ooh. So Gabby Douglas says she's got an interesting routine, a different than her past. So I just, I really hope we get the like NCAA energy level routines with the elite difficulty. And I feel like that's something that's Jordan dream. Childs really has brought as yes. she's done NCAA and elite simultaneously. She's definitely brought that. But with that, Florida versus Mizzou and Illinois and Lindenwood tomorrow. We're going to be there covering <laughs> that. Live. Can't forget about Illinois and Lindenwood. <laughs> and then next week. Is Winter Cup next weekend? That'll be another big thing. So we'll have a lot to talk about next week. But for now, that's it from us. Thanks for watching the flip side on KCOU 88.1.fm.